I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to another episode of Crossing Soccer Borders, a podcast focused on the growth of CONCACAF soccer, part of the DynamoTheory.com network. My name is Rudy, and we have no Rodrigo today, but we are joined by former professional soccer player and Houston area raised, Cyprian Hedrick. Sip, thank you for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with us today. How are you? Man, Rudy, I'm good. Thanks for having me. So Sip is someone that I know way back when we used to... Uh, uh, play some FIFA, get skunk every now and then. Uh, it's so good to see yeah. you. <laughs> you remember, man. Yeah, um, of course. I think the first time I ever heard of Yusef was uh, Clearbrook, man. Clearbrook days. Uh, playing in Parallel, mm-hmm. you killed us. I think you played striker um, that time. Um, but hey, before we get uh, started and talking about your pro career, I just want to start from the very beginning of Cyprian's uh, story. And uh, born in Cameroon, right? Um, rich soccer country with players such as uh, Rigobert Song and Samuel Leto. How was life in Cameroon for young Cyprian? And, uh, you know, how did your uh, family migrate to the States, man? Yeah, man. Uh, my, like you mentioned, um, I started out in Cameroon. Um, I was born there and, um, you know, I lived there till I was nine. And um, my uh, stepdad was actually working there um, and he met my mom. They fell in love and they got married. And so, uh, at nine years old, left uh, everybody I, I knew and loved and um, came here to the United States for, for a better life and an opportunity to, uh, to make something of myself. So that's how I got here. And, and obviously, you know, growing up, that's what you're playing. You know, everybody plays soccer. So, you know, you do your chores, you do your schoolwork, and then you go play, you know, and then you come back, you know, shower, eat, go to sleep. And then you, it's just the same thing on repeat. So the game's always been in my blood. Um, it's been part of my culture. You know, my mom, my, my relatives. I mean, we all love the game religiously. So um, I think it was it was a given that we all played, obviously. So, uh, yeah, moving here, um, I moved to Houston when I was nine, um, which was a big big culture change and a culture shock um, because I didn't speak the language. I didn't read, I didn't write English. So I had to learn, you know, English, um, how to read it, how to write everything uh, because my native language is French. That's the first language I knew. So uh, that was difficult, you know, um, I had to navigate that, learn a new language, learn everything, get adjusted to a new culture. And um, that was a little difficult, but, you know, thanks to sports and especially soccer, you know, it was able to help me um, get acclimated uh, and start making friends and, and being a part of, you you know, my environment. Um, and I think through that, that's how I started learning English a little better. You know, I was more motivated to want to be around and interact with people. Um, and so I think once I kind of opened up, you know, um, and my personality started showing, then I started making friends um, through soccer, especially, um, obviously I played other sports, basketball and football and stuff for fun, but soccer was the one sport, you know, the one thing that always kind of stood out um, and the thing that I was excelled in. So it made sense that I naturally gravitated towards that. But, um, you know, my youth playing days, you know, I started out with the Friendswood Blaze, um, a little team in Friendswood. Um, we pl- played there. That was my first organized team ever. Um, we had a blast. Man, my best friend, Nick, um, 
even till now. He's the, he's the godfather of my kids, um, really close to him. But um, we started off from there. We went to Pumas, um, which was the local. Um, we both of us, we went and we played there and playing with them for, you know, I think three or four years. And so from there, um, you know, breaking off. Um, I can hear you. There I went to, they were called the Texas Heat then. I think now they're the Texans. So my last, you know, year of soccer was played there. Um, and also, as you mentioned, Brook High School. So mm-hmm. um, I played up top, you know, scored, scored a couple of goals, um, had, some, had some good games and had a great time. Um, I know now is high school soccer isn't, um, isn't something that people take too seriously. Yeah. Um, but I know we did. Yeah. Um, you know, we wanted our best players, you know, jo- Josh Adams, Christian Montoya, Nick. I mean, we had really, really good players um, and, and we took high school seriously. So, um, you know, not to see how high school is now, how it used to be. Um, I don't understand. It makes me scratch my head. But um, yeah, man, I had a great, great opportunity to uh, to um, go down the street and play San Jack. Yeah. Uh, for, for Davis and Esteban. Yeah, and I was going to um, ask you, how was, uh, I know Rodrigo also was able to play with uh, with the same coach. Yeah. Be, you know, program so, so good at San Jack. It's gone now. Yeah. Um, but how was that experience, man, with, uh, I know the guy was a very hard coach. Yeah, uh, he was. You know, very tough love type of guy. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he showed it, you know, the way that he, his teams were portrayed in the field. So what did you feel you learned uh, in your two years there? Yeah, no, I learned a lot, man. And the most important thing was um, the value of your first touch. Um, you know, there were many times, you know, I came in and I thought, you know, I'm you know, coming from high school after a bunch of goals, I'm going to play striker. And um, he was very up man, and he was like, look, you know, I think you're a good player, but you're not going to play over these players that are here um, at your position. So you can either take a rest your year um, and, you know, see what else you can do, where else you can fit in and where else you can play and how you can help the team. Um, but really, that's all I have to offer you right now. And so, you know, so is that when that you was a bit of a to, uh, from yeah from that's when I started teams? yeah no I mean even my club team I played you know I played some you know that's what I played most of the time high school I played up top yeah, I was able to play both at some different teams and so uh, I was always a you know defensive minded so I don't think that transition I think it was a very easy transition just mm-hmm. because naturally the roles uh, my job was to break up the ball and give it to my attacking and cover a lot of ground and and so uh, it's no different than playing defense. So that was the first time for me where a coach sat me down. and was like, listen, this part isn't going to happen, but let's see what else you can do. Mm-hmm. And so with those traits and those uh, the ability to play different places and the first and foremost, me being hungry enough and being willing um, to play, because at the end of the day, if you're a, if you're a footballer, you want to be on the field. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter if you're a position you love or a position you don't know, right. not being on the field. So uh, for me, it was easy because to contribute. So um, when he asked me to uh, center mid, right back, some center back, that was the first time I was like, okay, you know, I can kind of duff, maybe it's not perfect, but I'm learning and I'm growing. So, uh, but that was the one thing I learned from that culture, especially, um, man, really good players. And if you were not good, you stood out. Yeah. If your touch was bad, you stood out because everybody's touch was good. Everybody played. You know, we had very skillful players representing different nationalities, Guatemala, Jamaica. I mean, man, we had really, really talented players. So in order to be in that environment and to earn the respect of those players, you can't be the person that's messing up every time you guys are doing, you know, possession, you know, playing a small side of game or whatever. You stick out. So for me, that was one of the first times that I was in an environment like that where first touch and how you take care of the ball is extremely important um and so yeah man 
That was the one thing that I took that I carried with me to Coastal Carolina and into my professional days. And I was going to ask you, I know um, recently, whenever we were chatting, you uh, mentioned how your mom had passed away when you were younger. Did you yeah. ever expect um, to play college soccer? Uh, you know, when honestly, you were before that, like when you were younger? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was kind of lost um, when she passed away. I know she always wanted me to go to college and get a degree. And uh, I think that's every African parent, <laughs> um, not just mine. I think that's every African parent, um, you know, but she had always supported me with soccer because she knew that's something that I excelled in. And that's something I was passionate about and I love. So um, it's funny, quick little story. She actually made me quit uh, playing basketball in high school so I can play soccer because mm -hmm. my freshman year, I didn't try out for the soccer team and I promised I would, but I was playing basketball and they kind of like, you know, they're kind of at the yeah. same time. Mm -hmm. And so I chose to play basketball and um, she went to go watch me play a game and I didn't play at all. And so, uh, after that, she was like, yeah, stop wasting your time playing all these other sports, you know, stick to soccer. You know, it's, it's going to take you place in life and, um, you know, just focus on one thing. So, uh, but her, her passing away obviously was, was very difficult for me. Yeah. And um, my plan was to always go to college and to always play. Um, and so, uh, you know, now instead of her being there and physically being able to push me along, um, I was doing it to honor her as well. Um, cause I know she's staring down at me and, um, if she was there, that's what she want, want for me. And obviously it's what I want for myself as well. But, uh, just to have a little extra motivation to keep pushing, um, when times are hard, especially in college, it's not easy. Um, I always had a little extra motivation knowing that she was watching me. So it was, uh, something that kind of motivated me to, to keep pushing on. And see, I know that, you know, again, when we met, we we're probably like 18 and yeah. from very early on, you can tell that you had like leadership skills and, you know, you were always made the captain. Um, how, how did that go once, you know, obviously San Jacinto College is in Houston, yeah. super close to Friendswood, but mm -hmm. whenever you make that jump to Coastal Carolina, you know, what, what helped you kind of become that leadership and just kind of take that role? I mean, it, I think part of it is um, the fact that I'm a pretty open person and um, I'm always willing to adapt. Um, I never want to be the kind of person that's giving himself excuses as to why you're not able to do something. Um, I like to meet challenges head on. Um, and, and so I think being in a place like St. Jack where I came in thinking, man, I'm the guy, you know, I came out for high school, I scored all these goals. It humbled me, um, you know, it humbled me. And it was a very tough thing to go to practice every day, do key duties and freshman duties, all these things, and then never play. Um, and to just sit on the outside and watch people play for a whole year. Um, that was hard, but that was very humbling. And I think at that point, it was something that I needed um, just to kind of let me know, hey, listen, you're good, but there's people out there working and getting better every day. So instead of being content with just being, you know, good here, keep pushing yourself because there's always someone working on getting better. And so um, all those things I was able to take with me to Coastal Carolina. And it's what, um, and like you mentioned, it's kind of part of my personality. Um, I, I like to make sure I'm taking care of my own business, mm -hmm. but I like to help people around me because, you know, I don't want to be um, the person at the top of the hill by myself, you know, eating everything amazing while everybody's down. No, I'm either going to suffer with my teammates or I'm going to help boost you and motivate you and, 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 you know, bring you along so we can all do it together. And that's just how I've been. That's just been my plan. So I think all those things were, you know, all those little things help, you know, contribute to my ability to be vocal uh, um, and also physically doing to do the work um, because I like to lead by example. Um, I feel like that's the best, best form of leadership. Not someone who's going to say a bunch of stuff and uh, is doing something different, but someone who's physically going to do it and lead by example. So when you tell the young guys, hey, listen, I, we need to do, try to do this. 
they're not looking at you like, man, you never stay after practice. You never show up early. Why should we listen to you? You yeah. know, so I think that's something that I've always had in within me. And when I got in environments like that, when I really expressed myself, those finally came out. You know, I was able to, uh, fortunate to have a couple of coaches that could see them and allow things. So yeah, and so obviously during that time, you you played with uh, friends with Fuego. I'm I'm think they don't uh, exist anymore. But yeah, Fresno, uh, Fresno Fuego, Fresno Fuego, yeah. and uh, oh, yeah. but you know, obviously yeah. you had a very successful uh, college career. You know, playing at San Jag playing at Coastal Carolina. Um, you may hear me come in and out, but I, I can hear you fine. So it's recording. Yeah. Um, no, you're good. Yeah. And so then, you know, in 2012, you were, I, I mean, I still remember, man, you were selected uh, 30th overall by Sporting KC. I was like, I couldn't believe yeah. that you were there. And it was awesome just to be like, hey, man, congrats. congrats yeah. But how's that draft experience for you like? You know, like I know obviously having your mom not there, probably hard, but overall the experience yeah. of just being drafted and kind of like the realization of being professional, obviously compared to the rest of the world is like very different, right? Like other places, yeah. you start very young, you probably 16 and you become pro. There's a different path that the U.S. Right. kind of brings. But how was that for you, man? Right, man, it was it was uh, unexpected, if I'm being honest. Um, I was never invited to the combine, MLS combine. Um, I wasn't, you know, top 10 in the country. And, uh, you know, I went to a small D1 school, man, in, in South Carolina. I'm Forest and UNC. Like, those are the attractor, typically speaking. Those are the school coaches go look at because, you know, those programs are usually ran. Style of play is usually really good. And so, um, uh, God working in my corner, man. Um, my, my work was always honest. I always worked my butt off. Um, and I always wanted the opportunity. I just wasn't sure how it's going to happen. And so, uh, and when I got done, obviously I had ambition to play for college. I mean, a professional. Um, and so my, uh, my college coach helped me put me in touch with a guy who was an agent, um, David, um, great dude, um, uh, worked really hard for me. Um, and so he went to the combine and, you know, I spoke to people about me and showed people my video and stuff that I did. And, um, I think obviously sporting saw it, but I actually found out much later on that they actually had someone come watch me mm. at coastal carolina a game and so i didn't um it could have been a game i played bad it could have been again i played good right. <laughs> that's why i tell young kids you know you know who's watching yeah, it, yeah. yeah for or sure. it can be a championship it can be a it can be an exhibition play your hardest and leave it on the field and so i guess what i did was enough for them to say hey you know what we want to draft this guy And so uh, I was sitting home actually in Friendswood um, and I was watching it on my computer because I, I didn't think I was going to get drafted. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't invited. Man. So, you know, typically you would select all the people that were invited first. Right. I was right. I was selected 30th overall. There, right. There's That's no way high. that I, yeah. yeah, there's no way I should be selected over people who were there who got evaluated. Right. That, that makes no sense. So. Um, again, I, like I said, I think that's just a testament of God working in my corner and working in my life um, and just opening a door for me to uh Who called to go you, make by an the way? Was it uh, Peter Vermees or someone like that? Or Yeah, I talked to yeah. Peter. I talked to Peter on the phone um, and I was... I was like, what? Well, I can't believe this is happening right now. I was literally on my way out for a run because That's the first hilarious. round went by yeah. and I'm like, you know, Matt Hedges is getting drafted, all these guys. And yeah. I'm like, before a run. And as I started walking out the door, my TV, computer, something. So I'm thinking, okay. And I literally missed my own, myself getting drafted. I turned it on after I had just gotten drafted. So I missed it completely. Oh, that's uh, but just the amount of like phone calls and text messages and my phone blew up, man. I, I was overwhelmed, to be honest. I'm, I'm a very, uh, I don't want to say quiet, because I'm not quiet, but um, 
I'm not a super attention grab. I think like, you're I don't very need private, attention, you know? for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, like if you know me, I interact. I'm good. I'm a people person, but I'm not gonna go like out of my way to have people look at me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's not the kind of person I am. So uh, for so many people to be hitting me up, wanting interviews and stuff, I was like very overwhelmed. Um, but and it was an amazing experience, um, and just to just to see that the door is finally open, you know, because people have this misconception that you get drafted, you're a pro. No. Yeah. You still got to go earn, you know, unless right. you're top 10 or something, your, your contract guaranteed, you got to go earn a contract. And so, man, I was just very grateful that I got the opportunity. Um, to- I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My yeah, dream so, of reality. So you were with so. Kansas City like a season, right? Um, yeah, one where, season. Did you get to play on um, like preseason matches or anything like that? I know. I don't know if you suited up for like an MLS game or not, but. No, I never made my debut, um, but I did play some preseason games um, in Orlando when I went to Florida um, and even some, a couple of MLS reserve games when the MLS reserve was a thing. Um, but besides that, you know, I wasn't able to do much else because I broke my leg um, two months into the season. So the preseason two months in, um, you know, I to a tackle and um, I was out. You know, until like uh, two months was my, this is what I got. got that. You're worth investing in, sure. And I'm uh, Yeah, and obviously you, you will deal with that setback part of, of an injury. But as a rookie, that's that's definitely tough when you, you didn't get to show off all your skills, right? Right. No, it, it was cool for sure. Man, I, the best version of me was not seen. Uh, because again, one, I'm young. Two, you know, I'm coming from a program where, you know, we played a certain way. Um, we had an English coach who was, you know, we like to get in people's faces. We were very physical. And, um, you know, we to get go from that to being in a system where you have to recovering on more time. To, so uh, um, and when I got hurt, we're like this. Yeah. And my mom figured things out not too muchly, you know, for me, that I was so. And so, yeah. But I mean, even so, with the time there, I mean, some of us wish we could even get that opportunity. Like you said, God was on your corner. Really cool experience. But I mean, yeah. you went and had like a very nice career uh, with plenty of USL championship teams. Uh, yeah. Was it uh, Phoenix FC, which I guess is Phoenix Rising now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oklahoma City Energy, San Antonio FC, and FC Tulsa. Um, right. How, how was that experience, I guess, playing for 
if you want to start, I know Oklahoma City energy was probably one of the uh, the ones that you played the most with. Yeah. And, um, you know, how was that experience playing with them? I think at the time you joined them, they're a pretty new team, if, if I'm not mistaken. They were neat, man. Um, Kansas City, you know, doing rehab and trying to get back on my feet to Phoenix. Um, that was a, a cool experience because I got to play, you know, after being, I played game in and game out. Right. And um, that year was more for me to, to prove to myself that, man, I can still do this. Right. You know, physically, I'm okay. I'm back to my normal self. And so didn't have much success that year. But for, for me, physically, it was a win because I got to prove to myself that I can still do it and I can still do it at a very strong level. And so, uh, you know, from there, we went to Oklahoma City. And uh, the, the coach of Oklahoma City at the time I found out was my captain of sporting, mm. Jimmy Nielsen. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I found out that he was the head coach, I was like, man, I'm a free agent. I need to call him and see if we're in the city. So it was, uh, it was a fairly easy who I was. Obviously, I was his teammate, so he knows. And me personality-wise and within his locker room, what I would bring. And it was a kind of an easy, you know, easy deal to get. So that, that experience was really good. Um, I spent three years. Um, and it was probably, probably three of my best years playing yeah. um, as far as what I was able to contribute, how I was able to contribute. Then yeah, um, it seemed like you were I having a longest. ton of fun as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have great teammates and, and lifelong friends and and uh, very near and dear to my heart. Um, obviously, I live in Tulsa now. Yeah. But, you know, anytime I act, man, I just see a bunch of people and loving and warming, welcoming to me and my family. So uh, it was always a special part of my heart. Uh, that, that experience was really fun for me. And whenever you played in San Antonio, that's probably the closest you got to play at home, right? Like for, for yeah. your family and, yeah. and friends from Houston area. How was that time there? I mean, I know at the time, I guess, San Antonio FC was trying to make a push to become an expansion team. Mm -hmm. um, they, it seems like they have a beautiful little stadium down there. Yeah. Um, but how was that like for you? And also, you know, from the very beginning of whenever you started, you know, in 2012 to like when you retired, um, just kind of like a perspective how much have you seen, like, especially the quote-unquote second division, you know, the USL championship um, evolve throughout the years? Yeah, no, to answer first question, I mean, my, my time in San Antonio was awesome. Uh, and the, the first organization um, and just the facilities I had going on, what they have amazing. Um, it's, it's a very professional environment. Amazing, uh, they're very supportive um, and, and, and stay longer. But, you know, for one reason or another, Things that my check was over, um, it was time for me to move on. And so, uh, you know, that was, but I was very grateful because I was even a part of a really good team there. Uh, I mean, obviously our defense, we had a pretty strong defense and we had depth, we had quality. Um, and I think it was, what, 2016, 17, maybe? Uh, beating streak and, I mean, it was crazy. But um, that, that those teams were, then I learned a lot about myself, um, being in a position first choice. Um, because again, I had setbacks. I broke my leg again. Um, and so I had to deal with that. And, you know, I kind of fell out of favor after I came back and football, you know, people get an opportunity, they do well, it's theirs to lose. Yeah. Really, you know, the team for the most part was pretty consistent. Still played some, but it was more from a reserve role. Mm -hmm. Same thing with my second year. And so uh, it was great um, to, get, to get a chance to be in my home state. Yeah. You know, that was that was nice as well. Um, family, got to see family and, you know, and, and friends that came and watched all the time. So that, that experience was pretty unique. And um, it was good to finally get an opportunity to play home. Well, as close to home as possible, at least. Right, right. Um, but to, to, to touch on your point about quality, I mean, the, the league has grown so much. I mean, the number of teams, 
you know, the quality of players, you know, more international players coming in, MLS players come, you know, who want to play or whatever their reason is, um, you know, whether it's back close to home, where they, you know, grew up and stuff like that. Everybody has a lot of different reasons, but now you see the growth mm-hmm. and then now quality of play, uh, man, it's grown tremendously and um and now you know with the cba and stuff so like the player union and all these things so you can tell that it's progressing and it's growing the right direction it's just uh you know like anything else it takes time you know to really get to the point where we're like man this is a a very strong second division right you know i think there's still a lot of work to be done but i think you know it's definitely on the right path right now do you think that in the future, I mean, you know, 20, 30 years from now, if it continues, do you see it becoming like a relegation league like the MLS? And, and Man, I, mean, I know it's kind of like, you that's know, a tough funny one to talk about for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could say from from my perspective, what I would like to see, I, I would like to see that happen. Yeah. But I think I think it would be kind of hard because, mm-hmm. you know, the amount of money that a team, let's say LA Galaxy gets relegated. Can you imagine LA Galaxy being relegated to Division? <laughs> what that would do to their franchise you know what i'm saying yeah no no i know i know it makes it hard it makes it hard to imagine and they already have a so they're going to play their own team right to get promoted you know what i'm saying yeah or you know are they going to drop their second team to league one yeah so they can be you know what i'm saying so (laughs) it would make it it would make it hard it's hard yeah and i just think it's funny because you know some people don't don't see it that way right like if you Mm -hmm. think about um um if it's going to be beneficial when it comes to the uh competition of course it is yeah but there's a lot of things that are not there for no. the smaller teams or the big teams, so or the bigger teams, yeah. yeah. So it's it's. I, I would love to eventually have it get to there, but I mean, yeah. with the numbers and how big the, te- the it's growing, the league is growing. You would think that's the only logical thing, right? Because literally, there's everything else from right. yeah. League One, League Two, like everything else under it's there. It's just you need to have that proper bridge between MLS and everything else. And right now, USL is there, but it's not connected. Yeah. You know, exactly. that's the only thing missing. That's the only thing missing. And so, um, you, you love the last time you played for was well, it, when you started, I guess it was the Tulsa Roughnecks, uh, then became FC Tulsa. Uh, in November, uh, you finally hanged up the cleats, how we say, yep. Um, yeah, and but you stayed with FC Tulsa, right? So, uh, my I right. guess my question would be, are you still involved with soccer or you have a new adventure? But I think uh, soccer's in your blood and it seems like you, you you have a lot to go still, huh? Yeah, no, it's, um, I retired uh, time, COVID, you know, mm-hmm. I have a big family, and, you know, four kids, uh, my poor wife who gets to deal with all of them by herself a lot. Yeah. Um, it was just time, man, time for me to be around more, um, spend more time with my family and my kids and, and to just venture. Um, and so, you know, obviously I've always coached everywhere I played. And so I kind of knew, I had an idea that when I was done playing, that might be something I might be in. Yeah. Um, obviously I have a marketing degree, so, you know, I could definitely could have went to the business side of football, but man, I'm, I need to be in or around the environment, you know, with the players, whether they're youth players or professional players. Um, I feel like there's a lot I have to uh, to offer and that a lot that I bring to the table. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. I'm coaching. Um, I got the opportunity to, to, to join the staff and be a part of uh, this, this the staff as an assistant coach. So um, while I'm getting my licenses and I'm growing as a young coach myself, um, I'm learning from these guys, man, and just kind of seeing, you know, what they're doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it. And then I'm contributing my little bit and what my parts is. Um, you know, right now I'm, I'm really involved with like the younger players and helping them, you know, helping help them develop, um, having, helping them get accustomed to what it is to be at a professional, to be in a mm-hmm. pro environment, what's expected day in and day out. 
um, as well as the other players, you know, older players, there might be things I see that man, I get some advice and, you know, those type of things. So it's pretty open um, about what I do within within the organization for the team. So it's um, it's pretty neat because I'm still f I'm fresh off. So <laughs> the the competitive juice is still flowing through my body. So uh, it's coursing through my blood. So it's uh, it's pretty neat to still be in the same environment um, while I'm learning and I'm growing myself. Uh, but I, which is I think what I, right now kind of uh, because really good coaches, a lot of mentors, um, and I feel like there's you can make massive impact. Yeah, um, sure. There's a lot of coaches. There's a lot of really good coaches. So a lot of coaches who you know maybe on doing one to just be in a position where I can be a mentor and I can I can help give back and and try to coach and guide the next generations of players and uh, just kind of help them along their journey. Um, so that's that's where my heart is and that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I spend a lot of my time doing that. And then obviously my, my daughter plays as well. So I get a chance to watch her play here and there. Yeah, she so seems like I'm a big athlete, man. She's going to follow your footsteps. But she, uh, she's, she's, she's definitely, she, she likes soccer. Obviously she's, um, but there's other things. She's a kid. She does it. So I'm like, you know what? Just get out of the house. Go do, just stay busy. So it's definitely a family thing. For sure. Hey man, with that, we pretty much went through everything that I wanted to go. I don't know. Um, I'll definitely make sure to add, you know, all your uh, Instagram information i know um do you have like a defensive academy is that something that you want to mention I know yeah that. i do i do yeah so i started uh, uh my own defensive academy um i think i started with december this is something that i've thought about for a long time um man i've just i've seen people do camps you know and, and have sessions and stuff catered towards attacking players and midfield players and you know um goalkeepers but there's never really been anything for defenders mm -hmm. to learn how to defend properly and so uh man i prayed about and um and you know i just decided you know what i'm just gonna make an instagram page and i'm just gonna go for it yeah. you know i don't know what's gonna happen but you know my motivation and my inspiration was the kids man because in youth soccer man things things can be really crazy sometimes but um i want to create an environment where for sure regardless of what's happening um, I can put the kids first and their needs and, and, and their growth development. And I'm not saying that in youth soccer, that's not there, but um, there's plenty of places that do it properly. And then there's, you know, plenty of places that do it right, but then certain coaches who do their own thing and maybe it's not the most correct way. So um, just, just having uh, the opportunity to control my own environment, um, to teach, teach the way I to, uh, to coach the kids was something that I could work, try to do it. And so we could show them um, and, and have kids who are interested in defending. No, no one really, realistically speaking, not to defend. But for the few kids that are like, man, you know what? I'd love to learn how to close someone down and, and break them down 1v1. At least you have a space where you can go grow. Um, and someone who's knowledgeable and who's physical for quite a while um, that you can learn from. And so uh, I started that and now it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been doing pretty good, man. This I'm out and that, you know, we've been doing a few camps, a couple of summer camps. Um, we actually have one here uh, July 12th, I believe, 12th, 14th and 16th. Um, and so between whenever I don't coach, I try to have sessions and, and camps and things to just kind of keep 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 everybody involved uh, and keep things fresh. So it's um, on Instagram. It's last line of defense okay. um, at last line of defense. Um, L.A. Well, you, we can put it in. There, yeah, man, I'll make sure to put last it in line there. of defense. Give you yeah, man. Tools, you guys yeah, go check it out. Hey, yeah. Um, well, I don't want to take too much of your time anymore. So um, thank you again, Sip. Thanks for the time. Yeah. Uh, we hope that, you know, our listeners enjoyed it, especially like all the Houstonians that tend to listen to us, kind of 
you know, I have a lot of people that I talk to and it's like, hey, I know him. I know this guy named Sip and I'm like, hey, that's funny. I know him too. So, you know, <laughs> I think I was talking to the guy named yeah. Denny Pena. Not giving him, he's like, yeah. I know this guy. And Pena. maybe a Cody Richardson was the other guy. that. He yeah, was yeah. We all played in high school together at Clearbrook. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, again, thanks again for everything, man. And remember, keep crossing soccer borders. For sure, man. Thanks hey, for thanks. having me.